0: Hey, podcast listeners, hope you're doing well, and I hope you are winning. Contracts. Before we get into today's episode, I want to take a minute to share something with you that's working for our clients. Our Federal Access Knowledge Base is helping companies win contracts every single day. I regularly get emails from members thanking us and saying things like, hey, I just won a $2 million contract. Many of you have seen a video that Chris Danbach shot for us at GovCon. Chris won two contracts totaling $30 million. One of our members emailed me this morning and said, the the turning point that opened my eyes was using Federal Access to establish a professional and systematic business development and RFP process. I've now won two contracts worth $480,000. Federal Access is helping a lot of companies win. It can help you too. So here's the deal. I have a special offer for you. Visit federal-access.com forward slash game changers today and get started for just $29. You're going to get access to a digital copy of the government sales manual, over 70 straight strategy videos, more than 30 webinars, 300 documents and templates, and one of my favorite pieces is SME support. So when you run into any issue, any challenge at all, you can email me directly for help. So go check out the special offer today at federal-access.com forward slash game changers. The link is in the description below the podcast. So go check that out today, federal-access.com forward slash game changers. So you can get started for just $29 today. Now let's hop into this episode. Welcome to Game Changers for Government Contractors. Game Changers is dedicated to helping you position for and win more government contracts. And now your hosts, Josh and Mike.
1: My name is Joshua Frank, and I will be your host today on Game Changers. Now let's get right into the show by welcoming our guest, Michael Lejeune. Michael is my business partner at RSM Federal and the program manager for Federal Access. Michael, please take a minute, tell our listeners a little about yourself and about the company.
0: Hey, Josh. uh, Good to be here today. Uh, it's, it's always a little different being on this side of the mic here. I'm usually hosting game changers. So that's, you know, <laughs> kind of one of, one of the things for a lot of people is they, if you regularly listen to the podcast, I am the, the normal host of this. So, uh, so that's one of the things I do, uh, with being with RSM federal, um, handle a lot of different things here. Uh, one of them is obviously our podcast, but a lot of the content creation and stuff we do, but, uh, managing federal access and everything that goes on the back end is that. And so, uh, so that, that's a quite a full-time job in itself. Uh, one of the things I always like to share is some little fun fact for people who may not know me or even the people that know me really well, and it kind of ties into the, to the topic today, is One of the things I did well before I was here was I was actually a celebrity branding agent. Most people don't, don't know that. But uh, working with celebrities like Steve Forbes and Dan Kennedy and Brian Tracy and Tony Robbins and a lot of these guys. And one of the primary things we did was help people become subject matter experts in their fields uh, with different content with the way we would create. You know, for example, you know, writing or co-authoring books and different things like that getting seen on major media outlets like cbs nbc abc fox business all that good stuff so it kind of ties right into what we're talking about uh today so
1: excellent and you know it's a good segue uh because we're going to be talking about creating an SME platform today and i'm guessing that having uh, a strong marketing background, uh, at least from your perspective, uh, for your background, uh, is going to lend to today's discussion. So l- let's start with this. For those who don't know, what is an SME?
0: Well, an, an SME is a term that's that's thrown around a lot. And if you were in the military, you probably understand what an SME is. So it's a subject matter expert. And I, I like to simplify it by saying it's a person who has expertise on a specific subject because a lot of people look at it and say, Well well, I'm an SME and I am I'm really a generalist. I, I have general knowledge on business or general knowledge on the government or whatever. And and while you may have General knowledge that doesn't make you an SME. What really makes you an SME is when you have specific expert knowledge in an area. And that's what, um, you know, where I I think a lot of people miss the boat when they're trying to brand themselves in government or brand their company the you know the traditional feel or, or or concept is we we've got to be able to do everything it's you know the jack of all trades and master of none type of thing and so when we're thinking about SME we're trying to zero in on a specific area that you are the go to person um, in in your field so that that's the biggest thing about that
1: okay and you know uh, you know for those of us that are active on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, there are various folks out there. I mean, I, I can think of uh, probably half a dozen off the top of my head that are specialists in, you know, quote unquote, creating your SME platform, um, et cetera. And I think oftentimes uh, it's in the private sector. It's the commercial space. The slant on LinkedIn is uh, and the other social media and, and various websites is all about, you know, I'm an SME or creating an SME platform uh, in the commercial area. But why is this important in government contracting?
0: Well, you know, and that's a great question. You know, the, the thing is, it's important in both, but it's super important in government contracting because unlike the commercial world, in government contracting, all of the bids, all the major stuff is out there for everyone and everybody knows about it. Okay, so like in the commercial space. Everybody's fighting for different contracts and different things, but it's not like, you know, IBM goes and publishes and says, hey, we're going to put this out on the street and we're going to market this opportunity for 79 different companies and, you know, we're going to review 79 different opportunities. It doesn't happen like that. It's very stealthily the way it works, you know, in, in the commercial space in the government space that's how it works you know they'll put out an opportunity and they'll say hey you know we want people to bid on this multi-million dollar billion dollar whatever opportunity and so you know you may be competing at any given time against 20 30 50 100 other companies and so that is you're you're rarely ever going to run into something like that in the commercial space And the value of why this is so important is, let's say you are competing on a specific project, and company A, one of your competitors, which is probably going to be 80 90% of the people, they have a basic website, they have a capability statement, maybe they have a brochure, and they have their RFP. But you, on the other side, have branded yourself as an SME, and you not only have that, you have great profiles on LinkedIn, you have content on YouTube and Vimeo, you have you know, stuff stamped on your website that you have been seen on, you know, USA Today and the Federal Times and Military Times and NBC and the Wall Street Journal, you've written a book on the subject that you're bidding a contract on. You've done training videos on this thing that you're you're trying to write an RFP on. When those two companies are compared side to side, it makes it so easy for the contracting officer to say, these folks are clearly the experts Versus the other guys who I, I just don't know. Like I can't tell what's going on. And so the, the word probably swirling around in your mind right now is differentiation. I mean, <laughs> that is, that is the biggest thing when it comes to truly separating yourself as an SME. You create separation between yourself and the rest of the market. You truly differentiate between you and all those other guys and gals who are really, they're just doing what they've been told by You know the p or the conferences they've been to whatever hey you know the basic stuff i got my website i got my capability statement i'm good to go and that's great because most companies don't even do that but that's all they have where you've truly separated yourself and i think that is why it's critical in the government space to brand yourself as a subject matter expert somewhere so that again when you start to compete on contracts you know you separate yourself from from the stack if you will But also, you know, if you're looking for teaming partners, you know, teaming partners want an expert. They want somebody who will separate them and their RFP in the stack. So, I mean, those are just two of the many reasons why I say it's so important in the government space for you to separate yourself like this by branding as an SME.
1: You've touched on on these pieces before, like uh, for the Society of American Military Engineers. You've done it for uh, NCMA. I mean, I've I, I've seen you talk about you know you know how you become an SME at, at these various events. And so I, I think at this point, before we get into you know types of content and and you know uh, how long does it take to do all this. Can you walk us, can you walk the listeners through the steps that you need to go through, right? Like the step-by-step process you need to go through in order to create this SME platform.
0: Yeah. You know, and uh, the the steps are sort of simple. They just take a lot of work, right? So, you know, the (laughs) the steps that I look at is one, you got to pick a niche. So that's step one, you gotta pick a niche. And so regardless of what your company does, you need to pick an area where you are going to be the expert. So even if you're in IT or you're in engineering, there's gotta be an area that your company or yourself can focus on to be the company who's the best at that. And then you can do some other things, but you need to pick that niche and be really laser focused in on that and being the best at that particular area. So that's number one, picking a niche. Number two is creating some content. And we can talk more about what content to create and all that stuff in a minute here. But um, but yeah, step two is starting to create content because subject matter experts, I always say they leave a trail. You know, there, there's a trail of content, artifacts, um, things that you can go read, things that you can go see. There's stuff that really provide the evidence That you are a subject matter expert because you can't just get up and say, I'm a subject matter on X. And then somebody says, you know, well, I'd love to read one of your articles on that or one of your books or one of your or watch. And you're like, I don't have anything. I'm just I feel like you can't do that. So you've got to create content in step two. Step three, you've got to distribute it. You know, so you've really you've got to get out there in the market and distribute that content. Again, we can kind of drill down into what these are but you know I'm just trying to provide the basic steps. So step 4 is you actually ju- you just keep repeating the process. You know, you kind of you review what's going on, what you've done, what's worked, what hasn't and you start to scale it up. I mean, that's really that's really the gist of it. So when we when we think about the steps, pick a niche, create content, distribute, you know, rinse and repeat as they say. I mean, that that's the basic path to becoming an SME.
1: So okay, so you know, a c- couple of questions here. Um, picking a niche. Why Why is that so important? It, well, I mean, what happens if you don't pick a niche?
0: Well, you know, the, the first part of it, why is it so important? It's important because it's impossible for you to focus on everything. It, it just is. It's It's truly impossible for you to focus on everything. What happens if you don't? Um, you know, when you don't pick a niche, you look like every other company under the sun that can do everything sort of okay, but nothing really, really well. It goes back to differentiation again. You know, when we're, when we're talking about picking a niche and I go to your website, I look at your capability statement, I look at anything you write or do, it jumps off the page that you're an expert at your niche. When you're not an expert, I, I read through it and it's kind of like when you're reading like War and Peace or something like a really, really, you're like reading through and you're like, I really don't know what I just read. Let me go back, you know, and you start going and you're like, I don't know if these guys do this, you know, or if they're window washers or IT companies or cons- I like, I don't know. And so it just it causes confusion in the market when they look at it and just if they have to take more than a couple of seconds to say, what do these guys do? You haven't done it well. And so for every company, I mean, that's what we're always striving for, is within two or three seconds of hitting our website, looking at one of our documents, they can go, I know what this company does, and they are experts at fill in the blank. And, th- and that's what you're looking for. Again, you're, you're trying to separate yourself from the market. I know I'm saying this a lot, but it, it's the truth of the matter. If you can't separate yourself from the market, you just become one of the herd, right you're one of those people out there, and people just can't say why should I go with this company or that company?" Then you start to play on a whole different uh you know there's a different playing field for that It's like, okay, well, let me see you know well, this company you know they had better graphics, so they all kind of suck, but this one had better graphics, or you know <laughs> well you know they submitted on time or well their price is cheaper I mean you don't want to play the game based on were your graphics prettier? Was your price cheaper? Um, any of those types of things. You want to play the game based on I'm the best at fill in the blank. And, oh, our pricing is competitive. Uh, our gra- our, you know, our graphics are competitive. But we're the best. And that's what people are really after. I mean, that's what the government's really after. They want the best. So in order for you to be the best, that you've got to pick that niche and zero in so that you can really live and breathe it. You know, so
1: oh, okay. all right. So I'm going to put you on the spot because I'm going to ask another follow-up question to this one. Okay, you know, for some of our listeners are really small companies, right? I mean, some of our listeners are, uh, you know, are 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 you know, small entrepreneurs, uh, one man, one woman shops. Uh, uh, we've got quite a few Federal Access members that that listen in to to these episodes. You know, what if what if you aren't you really don't have anything to be an expert at. I mean, you know, you, you think you're an expert at something. You wouldn't have started your company without being an SME. So, you know, what do those people do? Do they just have to market and position and communicate uh, that they are experts? And how does that fall into the four-step process?
0: Yeah, a couple of things. One is um, it doesn't happen overnight. Like, you don't become an SME. You don't, you don't, like, wake up on Monday and say, you know what? We're going to specialize in, you know, security solutions for, you know, government agencies or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't know what the niche would be, right? We, you don't just wake up on Monday and by Friday you're an SME. Like, it, it takes some time to develop that. But I'm going to give kind of a controversial statement here about people who get into business. I think the majority of people who get in business aren't an SME. And have no specialization. They have the dream, the sexy dream that I'm getting into this entrepreneur thing and I'm just going to kill it because I'm an expert at engineering. Okay, well, drill down into that for me. Well, I just know a lot about everything about engineering. Well, that's not a niche. Engineering is is a start of a niche, but where in engineering you know, where do you want to focus? And so what I say to the small company is exactly that. Like sit down and say, okay, if you want to get into engineering and you want to focus there, what about engineering? Where in engineering? You know, it, it, like start to drill down. And here's the cool thing about it. As an owner, uh, and, and I know most of the people that listen are owners or executives in companies, as owners, you get to choose the niche. And and you can go down a path for six months and go wow I hate this niche I don't like this niche this niche is hard this niche the barrier to entry is crazy and you can change the niche but you can right. still take all of the education that you learned in that and say well I don't want to I don't want to be in information systems for engineering I want to switch and I want to do chemical engineering because I've really found that that's where I have a unique capability and I want to provide that and so you can kind of just tweak it. And so I I say, pick something where you can start and start down that path and developing that with, you know, the content and the different things that we want to talk about and let it evolve over time. But understand it often takes years to become the subject matter expert. I think people can do it. I think you can fast track yourself and do it in two to three years. But some people like yourself, Josh, like me, we have been in this industry for 20 years. And, you know, we're really, you know, developing books and like, you don't write a book overnight, you know, you don't write 150 articles or, you know, 200 episodes of a podcast, like it doesn't happen overnight. And so those, you got to pick a place, you got to start somewhere. You got to be comfortable with that. And you got to be okay with changing if it's not going well. So, I mean, I think that's a little bit of advice on that.
1: That uh, great answer. Great answer. And before we jump into because uh, I know it uh, wants to get to the Well, you know, what types of content should I be creating? I, I want to throw out some metrics for our listeners. So, uh, you know, it, for those of you who may be first time listeners and, and don't know anything about RSM Federal uh, or the Federal Access Program or, or the Game Changers, you know, uh, for government contractors podcast, just as an FYI. Okay, the government sales manual took a year to write. Okay, twelve months. I mean, to the point where we took off a year of working and wrote a four hundred and fifty-page manual. Okay, uh, the federal access program. You know, uh, for those of you uh, if you don't know what it is, you can look uh, look it up. But um, you know, the federal access program five years. It took five mm-hmm. years to develop the content and the brand and everything else. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just – I want to drill this point home. Yeah, I, some people say they can fast track. Uh, and, Mike, you may you may agree or disagree. You can fast track in about a year if you're touching all the right people and you're in the right, you know, uh, mediums. But it really does take a couple of years, you know. I mean our company, RSN Federal – it has taken us years to position within the market.
0: Yeah. So no, I, I totally agree with that. You know, I, I think you can fast track surface level credentials, if you will, you know, getting yourself seen in major media outlets and different things. You can do that in a couple of weeks. You know, there's there's some of those things that can happen, but you know, the average person can't take off a year. And write a book, you, you <laughs> right. know, they they can't do that. So maybe that average person, it's going to take them three to five years to write that book. I don't know. You know, but you can be you can start with articles and content this week. You can start there now. And by the end of, you know, 2017 or whatever it is, you're listening to this in the next 12 months, you can have established yourself in the niche as An expert, maybe not the expert, but an expert in your field. And you can start to separate your company in six to 12 months that way by really focusing your marketing, your message, all that stuff on this niche. And that's that's going to make a massive difference. The the big gains come over time where you you become the guy or the gal, the company um, who's really branded yourself in the market. And then you see explosive growth on the back end of that as well. So
1: awesome. All right. So uh, I can't keep putting this off. You keep talking articles and you keep using the word content. What type of content should our members be creating?
0: Well, I I think the I'm going to give you just a couple here today, because I think these are, in my opinion, they're the easiest. And these are must haves. Like if you want to be a subject matter expert, you cannot get around doing these pieces of content that I'm going to share with you here right now. The first one is articles and videos, and I kind of put them in the same bucket uh, because people have really gotten into, like, the vlogs or video blogs or whatever you want to call them nowadays. And so it's not enough to just write articles. People really need to get into shooting videos, and so I I really do put those in the same bucket. You can write an article, or you can shoot a video, or you can do both, but writing articles and shooting videos are really, really critical. When I think of articles... Um, The most popular stuff is 750 to about 1,250 words. But let me say this. If your stuff is super great, like, I I mean, it is so juicy that people love every single word of it. You can write your little heart out. You can write 5,000 words if every bit of it is super consumable. But, you know, just starting out, you may want to target 750 to, you know, 1,200 words, something like that. When it comes to videos, three to five minutes you know, three to five minutes of you sitting behind a camera, just talking about whatever it is and posting those on YouTube or Vimeo or whatever it is. I really like YouTube, especially in the beginning for your marketing stuff, because Google uh, owns YouTube and Google searches its own properties before it, you know, displays, you know, other stuff out there. So that's a great place to put it out there. Um, The second one is a book, you know, in this day and age, you cannot get around writing a book. It is so easy to self-publish that there are more people self-publishing every day than going through the traditional routes. You can use a couple of different sources. One of them is the Amazon self-publishing. Uh, just, just Google these. You, know, you can Google Amazon self-publishing. It's super easy. It's free. I can't stress it. It's free. I mean, you literally write your stuff in a Word document, PDF it, and then follow the steps to upload it. Um, Another one that I've used that I really love is Lulu.com. It's L-U-L-U.com. It's one of the best out there because they give you the, as an author, you get the best um, uh, percentage royalties with Lulu. They do really good. And they'll also post your stuff to Amazon and a bunch of other, Barnes & Noble, a bunch of other global stuff. So you've got to write a book. Uh, When you're writing a book, target somewhere in a minimum of about 75,000 words. Um, and that that gives you a good target to think about. I always break it up in into like two or three sections. You know, you have your intro, your base section, kind of the meat of it, and then kind of like the, the ending section. It's it's super easy to come up with some of that content. And when you think about 75,000 words, divide that by, you know, Seventy-five days, divide it by 200 days, divide it by whatever it is. Now you've got a target number that you can focus on on how to get the writing part of it done. The editing's a little more complicated. Um, I've edited books before, and you may go 12, 15, 16 passes in those things. It's fairly cheap to go get an editor. Uh, you know, 500,000 bucks, somebody will go edit your stuff, and then you can get that published in the self-publishing. You don't have to go find a publisher. Self-publishing works that's all you need. There's even some local places like Minuteman Press and other places like that in your local neighborhood that'll publish your stuff and you can go pick it up, you know, hot off the press for you.
1: I I, I, I must have just misheard. I'm laughing right now. Um I, I thought you just said it would cost $500,000 for an for an editor. Yeah, there are
0: professional editing services that you can get for 500 a 1000 bucks and they will go through 5
1: and- 500 to 1000. Yeah. All I heard, Mike, was five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You, you didn't hear
0: right. Yeah, five hundred to a thousand dollars on on the editing side. Okay. So, so yeah, it, it's yeah, it's not super expensive at all. Um, you know, unless you are that guy who has ninety seven edits, and then they should charge you that because I've 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 been through those books before, and I'm like, oh my gosh, um, <laughs> you know. So so yeah, so the the book publishing piece. Is really, really critical. And again, when you show up at a conference and you're holding up your book, uh, it's very different than the guy who doesn't have a book, you know, and so that kind of gets into the the next piece of content I think you need to create. Number three is speaking content, you know, presentations and things like that, because you need to be going to speak in that next step, which is distribute. And so you need to be able to come up with an abstract of what you're going to speak about you know, a really good session title, slides that go with it, maybe some handouts, things like this. And people are like, well, that's not really content. Uh, Yeah, it is. You know, there's marketing content that you've got to put in the hands of conference people in order to get them to approve you to come speak. And then you've got to speak and deliver the content. Um, So speaking content is super important. Um, That's where we get 80% of our clients come from speaking. So uh, at least right now, that's where they come from. The final piece, and I'll just touch on this real quick, is products. You know, we have the Federal Access Program. That is a product that we have. And so, you know, Federal Access is, you know, there's documents, there's templates, there's videos, there's trainings, there's monthly webinars that come in there. There's tons of products within the product almost. And so, but that product is, it's really the first of its kind, and it's the only thing like it on the market where whether you're new to government contracting or you've been in it a while, these are the shortcuts on how to win contracts. It's this, this not bid matching, so it's not a bid matching tool. This is when you found an opportunity, you want to win it. Here's the tools by business activity. There's six different business activities. So you can go in, look at the activity, whether you're in sales or proposal mode or whatever it is, and find the tools you need in order to help win. That's a product we developed. There's nothing else like it. It truly separates us from Every other consulting firm that does what we do. So, so those are the four areas: articles, videos, books, speaking, and products.
1: Cool. All right. So, yeah, um, and I'm going to say this now, and I'm going to say it again at the end. This is by far my favorite podcast that we've done in 2016 to date. So, um, I, I I'm just, i I love, uh, the, the, the recommendations and the strategies that you're giving us today. So let me finish with this. What do you think are the greatest hurdles, the biggest hurdles to being recognized as a subject matter expert?
0: Well, I think for a lot of people, um, they, they actually don't want to do all of these little steps and that's a huge hurdle. You know, they don't want to go and document <laughs> what they're doing. They don't want to create the content. Um, they don't want to go speak. There's a lot of don'ts, I, I, you know, or fears about any of this stuff. And so, when when you skip these steps or don't create the content or don't distribute the content or um, or don't do it really well, you know, that creates a major challenge. And then on the back end, for people that are looking at you, they're looking at this saying, "Well, you know." this guy says he's an SME, but there, there's, there's nothing that backs it up. And so that creates a massive challenge for a person. The, the other big hurdle for this is it's extremely personal when you are shooting videos and writing articles and a lot of those things, and people don't like criticism. Like, they, they don't want to post something on LinkedIn and see two people disagree with it. Like, I posted something on Craigslist the other day. It was an ad for something, and it was just, like, something we were selling. And there's got to be some Yahoo that replies with a smart-mouth remark about what an idiot I am for posting this for sale on Craigslist because I can get it for this price somewhere else. And I'm like, you're an idiot. So, like, you've got to be able to recognize that people are some people are idiots and, like, be, like, okay with that and let it brush off your back. Because when you, when you put yourself out there as an SME, you are going to get criticized. You are going to get attacked. You are going to have people totally disagree with you. And you know what? Sometimes they're right. I mean, people have their own, their own opinions, and that's cool. Uh, but you've got to be able to overcome that hurdle of putting yourself out there in the public and being okay with it and saying, you know what? Hey, you know, Josh and I don't agree on this aspect of branding or marketing or whatever it is. And that's cool. That's totally cool, you know, and hey, I totally agree with it, you know, and in fact, you know, it's funny. Some of the controversy that you'll get into on LinkedIn or some of these other places will actually get your stuff read more. Right. <laughs> Somebody posts a nasty <laughs> right. little something and then everybody dog piles on that guy and starts defending you and it gets seen by, you know, 2000 more people. And so controversy can actually be really, really good. And so I say that one of the biggest hurdles not wanting to do the stuff. The other biggest hurdle is not wanting to put yourself out there for fear of criticism. And so you've got to be able to just get past that and understand it's, you didn't do anything wrong. In fact, the criticism is kind of a a little hat tip, if you will, that you've actually done things right. So.
1: Excellent. Well, again, uh, this is great stuff. Again, this is my favorite, uh, podcast of, of, Uh, of the year. Um, So uh, thank you for that. Do you have any final thoughts for our listeners?
0: I would say, you know, the only final thought is understand that it takes time. You know, the, I just saw a video the other day from, from a friend of mine and he said, you know, the, the one thing that most entrepreneurs lack, the thing that's killing their success is patience. Understand it takes some patience. You're, you're going to, you're going to learn a lot along the way. You're going to make some mistakes, just adjust fire, change course, And be very, very patient. That's the biggest thing you need to understand.
1: Well, thanks, Mike. Um, I also want to thank all of our listeners for joining us today on the episode. Remember, you can find every episode on iTunes. Just look for Game Changers for Government Contractors and subscribe to the feed to make sure you get every episode. You can also learn more about each of our guests by visiting the official Game Changers website at rsmfederal.com forward slash game changers where we will have links to their websites social media and contact information and last but not least please visit our sponsor for today's episode the federal access program at rsmfederal.com forward slash fa for more information on how you can win more government contracts thanks for listening to game changers for government contractors For
0: a full list of episodes and other resources, be sure and check us out on the web at www.rsmfederal.com slash gamechangers.